Welcome to The Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. We'd like to welcome today for the very first time, Ken Lewis, President and CEO of Atmex, which stands for the American Precious Metal Exchange and Wingold. They're retail precious metal firms that bring these investments to the private investor. He speaks to us from their world headquarters in Oklahoma City. Ken, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Hey, thanks for having me. So, Ken, now your experience includes 25 years of leadership in both retail and technology industries. You're now president and CEO of Atmex, and you have started One Gold, which we will discuss in a few minutes here. So give us a brief background of yours, will you? Yeah, hey, I, I graduated Georgia Tech, and frankly, I worked in you know large retail companies, primarily in operations. Um, you know, uh, worked at Microsoft, Home Depot, Office Depot, you know, Fortune 500 companies. And about eight years ago, I, I joined Amex um, in the operations role. And frankly, over over the last uh, several years, I've kind of grown my responsibilities. And about four years ago, I was uh, I was named CEO of, of this great firm. Okay, well, congratulations. And why Oklahoma City? <laughs> well, you know, long story, but the uh, founder the founder actually met a, a young lady that happened to be from Oklahoma, and he was from New York, and uh, they tried living in New York for a couple of years and realized that it would be a little bit better to raise a family in Oklahoma, and what do you know? That's where we're at. Okay, well, great. So uh, tell us about precious metals investing and why you guys view it as being so important for investors. You know, I think I always tell people to do their homework, and um, I, I've done a few presentations. I was on Stansberry Research there in Vegas uh, a couple of months ago, and the thing I try to tell consumers is, you know, the, the gold is actually the second best-performing asset class since the year two, 2000. It outperforms the equities markets. It's only behind real estate at this time. So it's performed very well over a 20-year period, first and foremost. Secondly, when you look at, you know, investments that maybe act kind of inversely, if you will, of other investments, or, or a hedge, if you will, gold is a great investment. Uh, go back to 2008, when the equities markets got destroyed, gold actually had a positive gain. Uh, the inverse happens. When equities do really well, gold sometimes tends to suffer. Um, I think in today's climate, though, you've seen this year, equities markets are up 25%. Gold's up about 15% year-to-date. And the reason why is because you have a lot of uncertainty in our markets today. You have equities that many people view as overvalued. You've got, uh, let's just say, a, a president that makes keeps things interesting for all of us. Um, and, and then you combine that with low interest rates and a, and a, a fluctuating dollar and you really have a prime climate and landscape for precious metals to perform very well in the near, in the near term. Yeah, I, I think uh, lots of people have uh, opinions on those things, but I think you, you hit it. People have to agree that it is a good diversifier. And, uh, you know, when, when some things go up, other things are going to go down. Right. One of the challenges, of course, is that since 2009, things have basically only gone up. And right. especially in the past couple of years, especially this year, uh, when it was uh, so unexpected. So tell us now about Atmex. 
Yeah, we're we're a, a company about 20 years old, um, a little over 200 employees. We do about a billion dollars a year in revenue, done over $11 billion in our lifetime. Um, we're really the dominant precious metal physical dealer in the U.S. Uh, we pride ourselves on taking care of customers. We ask people to do the research on that as well. I think we have a 4.9 out of 5 rating, and, and we really are known about putting the customer first. i uh, got about 20,000 products on our website, which is really unheard of in our industry, um, and uh, we tend to like to call ourselves, you know, the Amazon of precious metals. I mean, we really are buttoned up. You know, we ship same day. We we are able to answer that phone call when you call and take care of you very quickly, and and, uh, and at, at over 500,000 shipments a year, uh, we're pretty good at what we do. Well, I, I hope so. Uh, even a 1% uh, mistaken rate here can, can kill you at 500000 So yeah. So tell us, um, let, let, let's start with gold here. Yeah. Uh, somebody comes to you uh, in, 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 with, with all of those products. I presume uh, that you have digital products like an ETF, that you have you know, uh, coins, that you have uh, gold bars. You have any way somebody wants to buy gold, if it's available today, you've got it. Is that that correct? Yeah, in, in, a, in a way. I mean, what we do is we keep our properties independent of each other, meaning meaning our physical products, retailer, Atmex, is really its own entity. Our digital offering of One Gold is its own entity. Um, you know, just taking a step back, you know, when I talk to consumers about gold, you know, there's really three ways to own gold. There's a fourth out there people think is viable, I would say not to do, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But the three ways to own gold are owning physical metal, uh, owning digital, and I'll talk about that in a minute, or owning an ETF. And they're really, they have their own characteristics, and depending on your situation, one may be right for you. On the physical side, you know, I dominate the market. There's a lot of consumers who love having physical inventory in their in their homes. They feel it's a way of having assets off the grid. They, you know, don't have they don't trust typically the financial systems. They just have some confidence. It's like holding dollars, you know, in in a safe. It's it's really no different, other than the fact that it's kind of it fights inflation fairly well in like a dollar. So so in that case, you go to our site, you can pick a number. Products. The core products are sovereign mint, you know, coins or bars. That's what most customers buy. But then there's those that want to get into collecting and like the variety and want to buy a, a pre, you know, 33 gold coin that was made back in 1928. Well, we have that as well for that for that customer. Okay. And and what percentage of your business is gold? About 70%. Uh, we, Atmex caters a little bit to the more high net worth customer, um, a little bit more white collar customer. Uh, so we have a higher AOV. Uh, we'd probably do more gold than the average retailer in the market. Um, and, and, and that's, and that's great. Um, you know, we're, if you have to have trust who you're buying from. And when you're buying gold, you know, you really, you really feel like uh, a company in business as long as we have it, as big as we are, you can trust us, which is, which is exactly what we're going for. Uh, 30% of the business is really silver. I, I drop in platinum in there and maybe take five off of the silver and say platinum and palladium can make up anywhere from three to five percent of our business. So we sell the four metals are primarily what we sell: gold, silver, platinum, and palladium. Okay, and uh, why would somebody buy gold bars today? You know, like I said, I think I think the physical play is is absolutely around having just some comfort of knowing it's 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 in your hand. It's highly liquid. Um, you know, if you have a gold bar, you can take it in and sell that very easily and and turn that into cash. Um, gold, you know, has just been around forever. There's just it's a safe haven investment. Um, and so, you know, what I tell consumers is, you know, owning physical is about your situation and what you believe in. And we have a lot of customers who really believe in physical and our digital offering, which is just take off skyrocketed 
typically doesn't always cater to a physical buyer. A physical buyer really feels comfortable having control of, of, of their investment and, and having their hands on it. Uh, bars are the, typically the lowest cost of ownership for, uh, for the gold industry. It, it typically has the lowest premium, if you will. Uh, the negative on bars is sometimes when you go to sell it, they can have a little bit wider spread than, than maybe a coin can. I actually try to recommend people buy like random gold eagles, random gold maples, because I think they have a little tighter spread. So you, you, you lose less money when you go to sell it than you would on a bar. So tell us, uh, what exactly is a digital product and how does it differ from like an ETF? You know, it's funny. You know, the big thing about ETFs that people complain about, and I think it's a big concern, is are the assets physically there to back it? You know, I don't have title. I don't own. I don't own the metal. Um, I have massive counterparty risk. I'm paying 50 bips typically a year for them to for the investment, so it's expensive. Um, but I have the lovely convenience of of it being on my brokerage account. What we've tried to launch is a product where it is always backed by physical, and you know it's there at all times. You have title. It is your metal. So if something, for whatever reason, were to happen to one gold, your metal is there and it has your name on it. It's always stored under lock and key, audited by a top five accounting firm. Or in one case, we actually have metal stored with the Royal Canadian Mint, which is a part of, obviously, the Canadian government. So, so in our case, with digital gold, you're taking a physical presence, but you're able to buy it in, for a dollar, five dollars. You can buy it in fractional ownership. Uh, it's stored, like I said, at uh, either the Royal Canadian Mint or other leading vaults around the world. And uh, and you're able to get into it at very, very low cost. And then you add in these modern conveniences that the digital world has kind of started to allow, things like leaking your bank account, setting up automatic uh, repeat purchases, doing redemption right online. So you want to buy a gold bar, you just trade in your digital gold for a gold bar in a matter of a couple of clicks. It's uh, it's super simple. We're doing, I think, upward of our run rates are running $70, $80 million, and we're only in 12 months of business right now. So that business is, is really taken off and and you know, it also helps at Atmex and a company called Sprott. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with Sprott, but they're a 25% investor in the in the platform, $700 million market cap company. So you got reputable companies behind it, which you can trust. Yeah, Sprott has been a guest on our show a couple of times here, Ken, but before we discovered you here. So, <laughs> well, probably uh, Rick Rule. Rick, Rick's a great yeah, guy, yeah. big proponent for what we're doing, and, and uh, they've been fantastic partners in helping us bring this product to market. Okay, so why did you start um, a different company, One Gold, when you already had AppMex? Why did you need to do that? Honestly, One Gold in the digital world is is really catering sometimes to a different audience. Um, you know, we're we're trying to get people into the gold business, and not every person wants to have ten thousand of gold sitting in their home. You know, they just they're just nervous about it. And uh, so the marketing pitch, the the angle we're taking with why digital is good for investors, it's just different. And it caters to a different audience as well. Uh, people who can trust that we're going to hold your metal in a vaulted environment. Um, people who embrace digital concepts. Um, it's it's just a different kind of product. It has a different kind of customer base. The great news is, and, and we're seeing it, is we're seeing high net work customers having no problem putting $50,000 in the digital space and then liquidating that in a matter of days if they want to or converting to physical. So we're finding certain customers that are common in the physical space are embracing uh, the digital as well, but we kept them separate just mainly because they're so radically different. Um, if anything could happen in this industry, if digital gold could just get adopted and bring more people into gold, I think that's great for my industry as a whole uh, because so many people just can't get their head around physical, to be honest with you. 
Okay, and I, and I can certainly appreciate and understand that. So what is there about uh, precious metals investing, all of them, that you wish investors and advisors better understood? You know, I, I really think that inverse performance, uh, the hedge uh, and the way it plays a natural hedge, um, the way it's performed over, you know, 20, 30, 40 years is, is very impressive. Um, I, you know, it's not propped up by, by, you know, economic systems that you can't trust. It's been around for thousands of years. It, there's a reason why people go to it for a safe haven, and I think it's misunderstood. I think people think gold is for someone who buries it in the backyard. Um, it's it's it doesn't have any uh, tangible value per se, and, and, and it's exactly the opposite. You know, the fact that uh, it's a limited resource, there's only so much of it in this world. Production of gold has actually decreased from a mining standpoint year over year for several years now. It's really only going to go up in value as long as the scarcity uh, continues to grow, and I think that's just misunderstood in the markets. Uh, very interesting. I. Uh, you know, I I would have guessed that um, advisors and more sophisticated investors would have kind of recognized those those things, but I guess not, huh? Yeah, I don't think so, and I and I also think people tend to go to the ETF world, where frankly, you know, the expenses are a little bit higher, and um, and the fact about the counterparty risk is very high, and but it's easy, and I think advisors are starting to become more educated about these digital concepts, or even physical to a certain degree, and um, again, I just think the more people know about gold, the more likely uh, it will get embraced, and you know, when we talked about digital, you know, we're, we're launching an app literally in about a week, and I timed myself from the time of creating an account and buying gold, I can do it in about two and a half minutes. Creating an account, buying the gold, everything, two and a half minutes. That's where we've got to get to. Gold has always been kind of this old school you know, not embraced by by broader-minded people because it's very narrow. And the fact is, it's actually got great opportunities to be something that can be readily available and easy to buy in a matter, like I said, two and a half minutes, which is where we're trying to get to is make it easy for everybody. Uh, and, and if you do that, the, the numbers will tell you to buy it. And now you make it easy, then it's only going to grow in its popularity. So, Ken, uh, let's uh, change the subject a little bit here. Uh, Rare earth metals. We heard sometime a few years ago about how China had a corner on the market and people were very concerned because so many electronics need those things and haven't heard about it lately. What, 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 what is that subject and is that something to be concerned about or looking for opportunities there? You know, I, I think that might be more of a conspiracy theorist to you. I, I haven't really heard much about that. There is new locations for gold being being found every day. Typically, you're seeing it in parts of, like, Africa. You're finding it in Canada, even in the U.S. Uh, I haven't really heard of, of that. I think the one thing I have heard is, and you are seeing this in, in, in big waves, is very central banks around the world are consuming gold in, in very large quantities. And, and what they're doing is they're divesting away from the dollar, um, becoming less dependent on the U.S. economy. And, uh, and China is one of those countries that has consumed a significant amount of gold uh, through the central banks over the last five years. Um, and, and, and even the last year, I think there's been all-time high inflows or consumption of gold by central banks uh, in the last 12 months. So I do think as banks take gold off the market, that can make it a little bit harder to get your hands on, which generally means it should drive the price of gold up, you would hope. Yeah, you, you, you would think uh, anyway here. So if, if uh, somebody came to you and uh, they, they were a typical, uh, had the typical demographics of your clients, which uh, I presume is, uh, you know, males over 60, correct? 
pretty much yeah i think we're we're finding a high net, net income mid 50s mid 60s uh, type individuals tend to be our customer answer Okay, so somebody like that comes into you, and they say, okay, I want an allocation to precious metals here. Uh, <laughs> uh, so what would you recommend to them? 70% gold, 30% silver? You know, between gold, silver, and, you know, we, we don't have to get all that granular down to, right, right. you know, rare earth metals, etc. But, you know, do you see greater opportunity for silver than gold, or, or w- w- what do you see here? Well, first and foremost, we, we try not to give financial advice. We'd like to guide people with facts and let them make their own call. I, I you know, me personally, I could tell you what I do. Um, I'm probably a little more skewed to silver right now, um, primarily because I, I for two reasons uh, I look at silver. Uh, one, the gold-silver ratio is trading at about 95. So that's the price of gold divided by the price of silver. It's running about 95. Normally, historically, that trades in the 70s to 75 range. Um, so I, I look at that and go, wow, that either means gold is overvalued or silver is undervalued, one or the other. I tend to think silver is undervalued. Uh, the second thing in the, in the part I really focus on as well is historically, if you look at where silver is versus all-time highs, it's running about a third of its all-time highs. Gold is running about 80% of its all-time high. So when I look at upside potential and I look at downside risk, I feel like silver is a better play, but I think gold is also something that's going to probably outperform the market uh, in the future, especially if equities, gosh, at some point, equities have got to have resistance, right? I mean, oh, yeah. it can't yeah. just keep growing like they're right. growing. Um, now, if you believe equities are going to grow, I would tell you minimize your investment in gold. Keep it keep it 5% uh, just as a natural hedge. But if you believe equities are going to struggle, you might want to consider a 10%, 15% offering in gold as a part of your portfolio at some point. Okay. Appreciate that. And uh, so so tell us, how has the business changed in, uh, you know, over the years? Uh, you haven't been in it all that long, but, sure, sure. Uh, you know, you certainly uh, work all day with people that have been in it, in it in for decades here. Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing is the embracing of the digital world. I mean, not just with the one goal product, um, but also with the way we serve customers. Customers expect you to ship it, you know, within hours of ordering it. They expect you to uh, deal with returns in a matter of a moment's notice. Uh, they expect, you know, to have broad varieties on the line and make it easy to deal with. Uh, I think consumers are more demanding today than they ever were in the past. And they expect you in a digital world to be able to offer conveniences and features that they're used to seeing at other leading world-class websites. And, you know, we work really, really hard around here. Um, you know, I'll give you one example that, that we've rolled out is we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to personalize our website. So when a consumer comes on the website, they start browsing silver. We start trying to present material to them that is more in what they're looking for because those consumers have a better experience and they're more likely to come back. Well, to invest in that kind of technology, a lot of dollars, a lot of skill, uh, but customers expect it, and we're having to embrace that if we want to be relevant in today's world. Well, great point. Uh, Tell us, is there a significant change uh, that has occurred or expected to occur in the industrial uses of precious metals, such as specifically silver? I've heard for years that, well, silver is going to be used more and more, but that doesn't seem to really be reflected in the prices here. Right. And, you know, it is funny. I, by the way, I think the reason why silver has been pushed down is just the the, the capacity, the supply of silver has been at all-time highs. 
Um, and, and that's really what's caused some of the silver price performance not to perform as well. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, I actually think if you go look at the data, industrial uses of silver have only grown year over year. Um, but while supply continues to be very high, it's struggled to kind of grow price-wise like you would expect. Uh, I do think that's starting to change, by the way. I think mining companies are starting to dial back a little bit. The return's not as high. They're going to let mining, they're going to let metal prices start to move upward. Um, so it's more profitable to be in that business. But but anyway, to get back to your point, um, I do think you've heard things like catalytic converters have gone away. They always had precious metal content. It was good for the, for the precious metals industry. But I am hearing things like electric cars, solar panels. There are other things that are, are really coming into focus that are good for precious metals from an industrial standpoint. So, um, again, everything I'm reading says that, you know, industrial uses for gold, silver, platinum, palladium are going to continue to be high and really no reason to expect them to diminish, diminish anytime soon. Okay, appreciate that. So let's ask a couple of questions we ask each of our guests here. Yeah, sure. Uh, number one, uh, uh, what's the best advice you've ever heard, read, or received about investing? Uh, start when you're young. You know, yeah. I I <laughs> and think, for the rest uh, of us, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's. Uh, I wish I I wish I had invested more money when I was young than I did. Um, you know, the value of compounding interest is sometimes forgotten by many people, and um, you know, just getting in there young. You know, how you invest it is all debatable, but but definitely investing at a minimum. I I, I got to deal with my kids. I'll I'll tell you an agreement I made with my sons, and you'll go, wow, that's a that's awfully generous of you, Ken. But what I've done with my kids is I said, okay, here's what you're going to do. You're going to max out the 401k, and I'm going to help pay for that. And I'm going to pay for that while you're 23 and 24 years old rather than giving my money to you when you're 40 and I die. Yeah. Um, I want to get you going young, and, and if Dad's got to give you 10000 bucks a year for the first three to four years, that's what I'm going to do because I want you starting young, building up a nice pool, letting it grow, let that compounding interest kick into gear. It's the best, it's the best thing I think I can do as a parent in helping my kids plan for their future. Yeah, you know, I had not heard that before, Ken. That's an excellent, excellent idea here. Uh, Question number two, what keeps you awake at night, Ken? You know, our, our president sometimes keeps us on our toes. Um, <laughs> uh, and I would, you know, look, I think the big thing is the unknown, right? It's it's the unknown that, that we just don't know about, right? That you can sometimes think you figured it out and, and then something new pops up. And it's just that unknown, you know, as a, as a CEO of a company, you know, it's it can be everything from recruiting good talent and, key and retaining your talent because your talent is everything in this business. Um, you can't you can't lose it if it's on a you know, personal investment standpoint. It's you know who holds my money? Can I trust them? Is the economic systems going to be here the same in the future? It, it's those kind of things, and and it's it's just the unknown that you know you can't you can't uh, you can't predict it sometimes, but you can definitely take steps to do everything you can to protect yourself, uh, and that's what I do. Whether that be taking care of your employees and making sure they feel like this is a place they want to work or diversifying my investments and, and not keeping all my eggs in one basket. I think things like that are, are things that um, you know I've tried to do to try to help prevent against that. But I know it's going to happen. I know there's going to be a regulatory change at some point or there's going to be some new tax laws that we're going to have to deal with. And, you know, things like that, you, know, you just can't, you can't, uh, you can't necessarily get ahead of it, but you got to, you always worry about it. Yep. No question about it. The third question is, what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners? 
You know, I don't know if it's really investing. Um, you can you can look at it two ways. I was on another podcast and we talked about this book. Uh, it's called Good to Great. Um, Jim Collins is the author. Yeah. Um, read it many years ago. But what I loved about the book, and I would encourage uh, your your listeners to consider it, is it talks about how companies go from good to great and how there are certain characteristics of a great company. And when you're investing and you're trying to make decisions as to what stock to hold, I think having a foundation about understanding what companies really are are going to be here long term, you know, and you know, you look at this evolution of the web and what it's doing to traditional uh, brick and mortar retail. We could have all seen it coming, yeah. and it's the companies that got ahead of that. It's the companies that embraced technology, embraced where the future's going, and we invested in it and didn't just turn a blind eye to it. Those are the companies that are going to be here long term. And one of my former companies, Home Depot, wow, I mean, they've invested hundreds of millions of dollars in their infrastructure to change the way they do business, knowing that if they didn't do that, the Amazons of the world would eventually eat their lunch. And I think that's kind of the characteristics you have to look for when you're making investments in, in today's world. Uh, you know, those are excellent points, Ken. And uh, j- just to add to that, I've noticed that because it's the end of the year, I guess, uh, the Wall Street Journal and Barron's and a couple of other places have uh, come out with, you know, their 50 best companies, okay, right. or 250 right. best companies, those kinds of things. Yeah. I keep all that stuff. I put them in my watch list. <laughs> and I say, hey, look, uh, these guys know these companies better than I do. What do I know? I'm, a, you know, one guy in Orange County. And, uh, you know, that that's the kind of thing we need to do in the world of investing. Somebody really likes, you know, your company or, or uh, uh, Home Depot or Amazon or whoever it is. Sure. I want to know about it in long term. That doesn't mean I'm going to, you know, invest in those companies, close my eyes and move forward. But, right. um, you know, th- those are things that need to be done. So thank you very much for those. So for those who would like to know more. Uh, give us a website, contact information, et cetera, will you? Yeah, I mean, I think Atmex, APMEX, um, is, is our main site for physical. And um, I'd really like to encourage the, the, the listeners, if you're thinking about gold and you want to dabble and phys- physical is a little bit uh, uh, not, your, not your cup of soup, a little concerning for you, take a look at One Gold. Um, it's it's really a cool product. Uh, and I call it cool because it's just so intuitive and easy to use. Believe it or not, we're giving $5 in free metal for you to test the concept, go do some trades, you know, because you can trade down to the dollar, and I'd love for people just to give it a run, and if you're not convinced it's a great product, by the time you're done, I'll, I'll be surprised. Uh, fantastic feedback, over a thousand reviews already on that new product, so great. love for them to try it, and hey, look, it's not for everybody, I understand, but uh, but if you try it and you don't like it, I'll be very surprised. Okay, so, oh yeah, yeah give us your, uh, Paul just reminded me here, uh, give, give us your website, will you, and uh and any contact information of anybody, uh, salespeople or, or whoever here? Sure. I mean, I think I would just focus, uh, look, it's kenneth.lewis at atmex.com. That's my primary email. Um, www.atmex.com, apmex.com is our physical side. www.onegold.com is our website for the digital side. And, uh, and by the way, if you go to One Gold and you like to work in apps, click the little button there where you'd like to be informed about it because we're going to launch, and I've seen it, it's beautiful, an amazing app launches in about two weeks. So if you like the app environment, we'll, uh, we'll alert you the minute that thing goes live. Okay, so Kenneth.Lewis, L-E-W-I-S. Yes, sir, at atmex.com. Okay, so final words for our listeners here, Ken. 
Hey, I just appreciate the time. And uh, look, my goal is to educate consumers. I know it, it, sometimes we come across as pushing our products. Uh, I want you to be educated. That's the first and foremost thing. And if there's anything we can do to help you do that, point you to any material to allow you to make wise business decisions, please let us know if we can help. Ken, thanks so much, and we appreciate uh, your spending some time with us today, and good luck to you and your uh, three kids in college here, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and your contributions to their 401k, and our, our best wishes for the continued uh, success of Atmex and One Gold, and thank you for being with us today. We appreciate it. Happy holidays, everybody. Okay, thank you. Again, we've been listening to Ken Lewis, President and CEO of AppMex and One Gold, and uh, this is Strategic Investor Radio on OC Talk Radio. We bring you investment strategies you're not hearing elsewhere. We'd love to hear from you. Info at strategicinvestorradio.com, and you can visit our website to listen to all of our podcasts, interviews, and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com. I'm Charlie Wright, wishing you an enjoyable week and productive investing. Strategic Investor Radio is a production of OC Talk Radio and is provided for educational purposes only. Content of this program and the views of the guests should not be considered as recommendations by OC Talk Radio or investment advice from the host, Charlie Wright, or any other entity attached to this production. Investors should always consult qualified financial, investment, tax, or legal professionals prior to investing. Thank you.